Well, I hope you've all had a, a great week this week. We're uh, in part three of our We See Miracles series uh, this morning, and it's a series that was based out of the book of Mark, and looking at the miracles that are in Mark, because Mark focuses on Jesus' miracles more than any of the other gospel writers. And so, uh, but if you are visiting with us this morning, a special welcome. Uh, we're so stoked that you uh, have chosen to be with us, and we know that you uh, will be blessed by your time here, because we've got a cool bunch of uh, people. So let's pray this morning as we get into part three. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Father, we thank you, Lord, that it's been uh, inspired by you, Father God, that you have worked uh, in the lives of those who uh, walked and uh, ministered, were ministered to by your Son, uh, Lord, to bring a word that is alive and well for even us today. And so, Father, I just pray, Lord, that as we uh, look at your word today, that you would, by your Holy Spirit, just speak individually to each and every person in this room. Father, I just surrender to you, uh, Lord, all authority, because you have authority. And Father, I just pray, Lord, that you would do your work in this place. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> uh, so we're going to skip forward uh, to chapter 4 this week. So we spent the last couple of weeks in chapter 1. Uh, but we're going to skip to chapter 4 <coughs> for our next miracle. And before we get into our main passage uh, this morning, let me just uh, give you a bit of uh, context around this chapter that we're going to be looking in. So in chapter 4, Jesus has spent uh, most of the front part of the chapter teaching parables. And so parables, uh, story-type illustrations which Jesus used, or these stories which Jesus used to teach principles uh, about the kingdom uh, of God. And so he's teaching this, and the disciples are with him, and they're keen to learn. So they're kind of asking Jesus as they're going along, well, what do these parables mean? And Jesus explains uh, those parables and those ideas to him, and he's demonstrating that a person's spiritual knowledge is based on their willingness to pursue truth. Have a think about that one. A person's spiritual knowledge is based on their willingness to pursue truth. Uh, truth defined is the Word of God. Truth defined is the person of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and so after describing uh, Jesus' teaching in chapter 4, uh, in the first part of chapter 4, the Gospel of Mark then describes how Jesus calms a storm in the Sea of Galilee from verses 35 to 41, which is our key passage for this morning. So Mark has already shown us, uh, as we saw throughout the first few chapters, uh, Jesus' power over sickness, Jesus' power over uh, demons, Jesus' power over the physical body, and now he's showing us how Jesus controls and displays power over nature further presenting to the readers um, Jesus' authority on earth. <coughs> and so we're going to break down uh, chapter 4, verses 35 to 41, uh, little by little as we have a look at some key points to take away this morning. So Mark 4, verse 35 and 36. It says, On the same day, 
When evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And so Jesus has been teaching by uh, the Sea of Galilee, and the crowd has grown so big that he's had to jump on a boat and teach uh, just off the shore so that he's not mobbed. And the parables that he's speaking on are focusing on uh, the gospel and how the gospel is going to be spread. So we see in those parables, the parables of the seed that have been sown on good soil and that have been sown on the path and get uh, eaten up. And so we read in Mark about uh, how his teaching and healing ministry often left uh, Jesus little time, uh, pretty much left everyone little time to kind of eat or uh, to sleep, and that the crowd of people have Uh, heard all that they could probably absorb at that moment. So Jesus is kind of teaching for a whole day nonstop. And Jesus is teaching in parables, and it's often said that he's teaching in parables to allow the people to absorb as much as they want to or as much as they choose uh, to seek the truth. And and so he's gone on, and now uh, he's decided they've, they've heard as much as they could absorb and it's time to move on. And so despite uh, having had uh, a busy day, Jesus invites the 12 uh, to leave with him. And so uh, without returning to, to Peter and Andrew's house where they had been ministering from through that season to pick up supplies, they just, they just head off across the river. And Mark, Mark doesn't elaborate on uh, the other boats that he mentions there in verse 36. He uh, Luke and Matthew also have an account of the story. They don't mention the other boats that go across with them uh, in their accounts of the story, but it's possible that uh, there are other followers of Jesus and other disciples and just other people who wanted to follow him and see what he was going to do next, uh, who kind of grabbed some local fishermen and asked them if they could take uh, them across. And so uh, these other boats may have had uh, people from the crowd outside of the 12 disciples in them. It goes on to say in verse 37 and 38, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? So the mention uh, of Jesus being asleep on a pillow shows Jesus' true humanity. So we've had Jesus performing miracles. Power, power, power. He's spoken to demons. He's healed the sick. Uh, He's uh, healed people of leprosy. And then we see uh, in this verse just the sense of Jesus' humanity and him resting. And the disciples during this storm get a little bit alarmed by what's going on. And they know that storms in the Sea of Galilee are pretty dangerous. So these are, these are all fishermen who are aware of these conditions. And they know that it's dangerous even for the most skilled fishermen. The skies are dark. The winds are high. Uh, the waves uh, are high and, and it's violent. And the boat is filling with water. And so adrift uh, in this violent storm that threatens to capsize their boat, the disciples look to Jesus who was resting on the boat, so tired it would seem that not even a boat that is filling with water being rocked 
by a windstorm is going to wake him. And so these fishermen knew the trouble that they're in because they are experienced and they have knowledge of the seas. But Jesus, Jesus is calling these guys to be more than what their worldly roles require of them. Jesus is calling these guys who know all they know about the winds and the seas because they're fishermen. He's, he's calling them to be more than what they know. He's calling them to, in the storm, be men of faith. He's calling them to, in the storm, be the sort of men of faith that are no longer fishermen, but as the word tells us, are fisher of men. He's told them that he has a plan for them. That hasn't been fulfilled yet. And so they were to trust that Jesus was going to bring that plan to completion. But even more than that, Jesus is calling them to learn to fully give their lives to his purpose. A point that applies to every follower of Jesus Christ today. So for us today, this storm represents every stormy season that we've gone through or that we will go through in our lives. Anyone here been through a storm? Just a few? Does anyone think they're never going to go through another storm again? We wish. So for us today, this storm represents the stormy seasons in our life. And so our first lesson for this morning is that Jesus is trustworthy in your storm. Jesus is trustworthy in your storm. Our storms are a training ground for our faith. How about that? Our storms are a training ground for our faith. We've all seen them in life. And when it comes to a storm, get, get this, when it comes to a storm that God has allowed to test us, to stretch us, and to grow us in our faith, there are a number of ways that we can react. And one of those ways is to trust God and trust in Jesus to grow us through the storm and to teach us the lessons that we need to learn to get us, not just through that storm, but through every other storm that is to come. How's that for giving meaning to growing from glory to glory to glory in God? You know, when our world grows dark and everything seems turned around and upside down and we get a little bit scared, which we all do sometimes, how will you respond? Will you allow yourself to be consumed with fear, to be consumed with worry, 
or will you trust that God has your life in the palm of his hands? Not only that, that God will come through for you. And it's so easy to believe that God will come through for other people. It's so easy that God, it's so easy to pray that God will bless other people. Come on, church, I want to tell some of you this morning, God wants to come through for you. Because he's the God who cares about the one. Every single one. Matthew 6, verse 25. Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? You know, if you're going through a storm this week, or when you come to your next storm, that's heading your way. Remember that Jesus is with you and have faith in him to see you through. Amen. It goes on in verse 39. And it says, Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Your second point this morning is that Jesus has the authority. Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus says, And I come, uh, and it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. You know, the disciples had seen Jesus' authority over injuries. The disciples had seen Jesus' authority uh, over mental illness, uh, over demons. But they're only now beginning to understand who Jesus really is when Jesus calms the storm. And Jesus calms the storm because the disciples are afraid. But probably more important, Jesus calmed the storm because the disciples needed to see that his authority extended far beyond a physical healing. That his authority extended into external circumstances and into the external circumstance that they were encountering. You know, if there's one thing that we've seen over the last three weeks it's that Jesus has authority that extends to every circumstance that we will ever encounter on this earth. Spiritual, supernatural, mental illness. Emotional illness. Physical illness. And then this morning, Jesus' authority is displayed over nature. And that doesn't mean that Jesus will deliver us from all harm. Like we said, it would be nice if we never had to go through another storm. But he is able to. Now the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4 verse 12, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. 
I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And that's just one of the great ironies of our Christian life. That God can control everything. That God is all-powerful. And He can make all things right. He can move things in our favor. Yet, we must have faith and trust in His authority even when he doesn't, even when it doesn't go our way. Jesus has authority. He goes on in Mark 4, verse 40. Jesus says to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You know, the storms on the Sea of Galilee must have been pretty, well, this storm, must have been pretty fierce to frighten these experienced fishermen. These guys who are used to being out on the water. And to be fair to them, uh, you know, violent storms and a little ship uh, aren't really a pleasant uh, combination, are they? Has anyone ever tried to go fishing in rough winds in a little dinghy? Gets a bit rough. <clears throat> and because of the nature of uh, the sea there, the winds get high, the waters get high, and it gets uh, pretty rough. And so these guys are fearful, uh, and they're in a panic. And Jesus has told, so Jesus, throughout this day, leading up to this moment, has told them that he has a purpose for them, uh, which, again, they haven't seen it fulfilled. And, and Jesus has just spent a whole day teaching the people about faith, and about God's kingdom, and about trusting in him, and the disciples have asked Jesus to elaborate on uh, those things. Still in that moment, the faith that drew them so close to Jesus was not enough for them to trust in him with their lives. They forgot who was with them in the boat. And they responded to their circumstances in fear and not in faith. Which is something I know I've done. You know, I love that because Jesus walked on this earth, he understands our human limits. The Bible tells us he's experienced all emotions, all feelings, all temptations that we go through. But despite our limitations, Jesus expects us to do the best we can with what little we might even have. He wants us to bring the biggest measure of what we have to serve him faithfully, to serve him with faith, to give out of faith the gifts that he has given us. And so the disciples have seen Jesus heal physical ailments. They've seen Jesus cast out demons, and now they see Jesus quiet a storm. And in Mark chapter 5, they'll see Jesus do so much more as they travel along with him. And then it closes off this passage of Scripture. 
by saying this. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? The fact that they asked that question kind of tells us they've forgotten who's in the boat. After all they've learned from journeying with him. Now the thing is, the twelve were expecting that Jesus was the Messiah. I mean, all of Israel is waiting for the Messiah to come. And so they're expecting, and they expect that Jesus is the Messiah who will lead them in the rebellion against Rome, who will save them from the oppression that they're feeling and that they're under on a grand scale. And I think the scale was pretty grand, not the way they expected it. And so they think it's reasonable that Jesus, that this man that they're walking with, uh, has these miraculous powers to heal. It, it wouldn't be uncommon for them to think it's reasonable for this man to be anointed with the power of God and authority over demons. But they wouldn't have expected that the Messiah was God himself. They wouldn't have expected that God in the flesh was going to walk with them. It had never crossed their minds that their teacher would have the authority over nature that only God can have. Two key things that Jesus does to show his deity throughout Scripture. He shows his authority over nature and he shows his authority to forgive sins. Two things that were attributed just to God. And so God and so Jesus shows that he is God in the flesh in doing that. It's never crossed their minds that their teacher would have authority over nature. And it will take them a little while longer uh, before they really comprehend it. But now, in this verse, we see that they're starting to ask the sorts of questions that lead them to their revelation of who Jesus really is as the Messiah. Now, the Christian faith can be boiled down to two key questions. Who do you think Jesus is? That's the first question. And next week you're gonna see we're gonna see how pivotal that one is in the book of Mark. Who do you think Jesus is? And then secondly, how will you respond to who Jesus is? How will you be a disciple of Jesus? You know, the disciples met Jesus
as a carpenter's son from Nazareth. And I think sometimes it's hard to comprehend what these disciples must have been thinking or what they must have been going through because we are reading everything after the fact. But these guys met Jesus and he was a carpenter's son. Andrew had heard from John the Baptist who Jesus was, that he was the Messiah. And he told Peter. When Jesus started to cast out demons and heal people and these guys still followed him. Even when the Pharisees charged him and accused him and said that he was, you know, doing it under the power of Satan, these guys still followed him. They remained faithful. Now in Ephesians 3, verse 16 and 17, it says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resource, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Amen. You know, Jesus is trustworthy in your storm. He has all authority over everything that goes on in our life. And he says in Matthew and John, if you'll pray to me, if we pray to Jesus, he will ask the Father, and the Father will send the Holy Spirit to move powerfully over our circumstances.